everyone. Welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland. And I mentioned in my previous episode, it is Greenland Week. And that consists of three episodes. So the one about my trip to Greenland. And this one coming up is an interview I did with Eka Hansen, who is an activist in Greenland. And we did it in her house. So one of the reasons why I wanted to jump in before just playing the interview is that the quality in the sound is going to be different than when I normally record just on my own or in a more studio type setting. So just letting people know that. I hope you enjoy this. And the last interview that will be coming up following this episode, I thoroughly enjoyed Greenland and meeting such amazing people. And I hope that this episode and others give you better insight into Greenland, Greenland culture, the people there. And possibly, if you're not already, make you interested in visiting this amazing country. I have an extremely special guest on the show. I'm so excited. I'm in New Greenland, and I'm at Eka's house, who is an amazing activist, a lovely soul, and just all around awesome person. And we're going to go into some fascinating topics that are coming up from centuries ago in terms of issues and also reclamation of culture and so many different things. I, I won't give away too much, but mm-hmm. I first would like for her to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. what you do, who you are, and just introduce yourself to the community. Mm-hmm. So, very short introduction in my mother tongue. Um, I am Eke Hansen, and I'm a filmmaker, um, but also an activist. Uh, I talk about decolonization and reclaiming our roots and all these very exciting things that are happening I'm a part of all the things that are happening in Greenland. Or oh, not all of them, but, you know, all the exciting things that are happening right now in Galashit Nonat. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insight and the work that you're doing. Because I think this will give so many people great insight into Greenland, modern day Greenland, but also history-wise. Like what mm-hmm. has led up to this moment and how young people like yourself are really taking on a fight for the for your right, literally, like mm-hmm. your your birthright, right. So, before we jump though into like <laughs> heavier topics, right. <laughs> growing up here, mm-hmm. like, could you walk us through a bit about how yes. that was and just ended up how you ended up eventually going into activism? Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna take a little bit further back. I was born in Denmark. Um, my parents lived uh, or met each other in Denmark when my mother was studying there. She's from here, and my dad is Danish. And um, at that time, when I was born in 1987, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sounds so old. I'm 86, so, you know. Oh, okay, <laughs> close. <laughs> you know, it was a different system here, and back then, you would actually um, get paid differently, depending on where you were born. So they had, like, a, a law that stated that if you were born in Greenland, uh, you would get a different pay than people who were born outside of Greenland. I don't know if that's why I was born in Denmark, but Whoa. my parents were living there because they were studying. Yeah. But still, I cannot... Uh, it's something that I 
have thought about a lot. Yeah, but I'm but, assuming lower. Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, yeah, so, you know, nurses or people working in... Uh, all everywhere you would get like half the the salary of of people doing this exact same work yeah isn't it <laughs> yeah okay i was not expecting that and actually the, the fun fact now we're getting into fun fact. <laughs> to deep roll yeah um that only ended a few years ago no. when the policemen were uh, getting paid the same amount of money cuz if you were a danish policeman you would get a different salary yeah. than the Greenlandic educated policemen. Wow. So yeah. it's it's actually it's been present still in our lifetime. Yeah. Is so this it's a said like is it just a known thing or is it actually was it written somewhere? Well, it was called Fulstil's criterion. So it's like a criteria of birth. It's it it, wow. it, it was a systemic Wow, yeah, thing. yeah. It's yeah. literally okay. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah. Well, anyways, okay. I was born in Aarhus, and then we moved back and forth yeah. between my two home countries, uh, Greenland and Denmark, uh, all through my upbringing, yeah. and um, so I feel very home both places. Yeah. But I we lived here when I was six six years old, and when I started school. So also at the time back then in uh, nineteen ninety three. Mm-hmm. Um, we had segregation in the schools. So there would be Danish-speaking classes and Greenlandic-speaking classes. And I was actually fortunate to be put in an experimental class where they would mix both languages to see if that would work out. This is like U.S. civil rights in the 60s. I know. But you're talking about in the 90s. Yeah, this is our lifetime. Wow. Yeah. Literally our generation. Exactly. This is intense. Yeah, so... But that, that... I mean, I think it's so interesting. So it's, the, you know, the when people... These things that I talk about, people often say, oh, get over it. It happened so long ago. But actually, these things actually happened when I was a child. Right, yeah. So it's not that long ago. <laughs> and still to this day, we're still fighting for indigenous people's rights here in, in our country. Yeah. So, yeah. So I uh, started school here and... Then we moved to back to Copen, uh, back to Denmark at some point, and then I also grew up in Sisimiut, which is a, mm. it's right on the polar circle. Okay. Yeah, and it's the next biggest city here in Greenland, and it's probably around six thousand people. Okay. So it's very s- small. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm surprised there's so many people that live. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And there, we we talked about how Nog is different because it's so south mm-hmm. and we're not allowed to have um, sled dogs here right. and stuff like that. But I grew up with that in Sisimiut. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's different. Some people say that that's the real part of Greenland. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't feel like that's fair. But no, I, I know. <laughs> I can understand what they mean by like, because it is so modern here. Exactly. And Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But meaning that my first visit to Greenland was in 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was to Kursuk. So mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, like... That's different. Yes, it is, it's a time capsule. And exactly. I totally recommend people to go there. Mm-hmm. But be prepared that it is yeah. not like how Nuke is, for instance. Like, exactly. Nuke to me is like going to Reykjavik. It's, right. It's very like, there's a lot of variety in shops. The toilets are the same. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's, 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 it's modern. It's very yeah. modern. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It feels actually easy to live here. 
I mean, maybe the mm-hmm. snow was a bit much. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little snowy. But, yeah. But I, I like the snow, but mm-hmm. I also like it to go away. Right. right. And but I didn't realize it actually didn't snow as much until recently. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah. yeah. So I just happened to come at a time. Yeah. Where you get, came like, in the right season. Yeah. It's like I actually got the Greenlandic, at least a new Greenlandic experience of winter. But anyway, the whole point is for um, you saying about like the authentic, I feel like mm-hmm. also Kulusuk, like the East, yeah. is this like exactly. what people imagine. But I think it's so fantastic to be able to come here and yeah. see that there is also so many sides to Greenland. Right? Right? Yeah. It isn't this monolith. And right? also, uh, I mean, that's something that they promote about Greenland. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, the, what do you say, like the more traditional way yes. of living. But Greenland is, you don't realize it's such a big island. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On the map, it doesn't do it justice. Well, at least right. the, the, you know, yeah. the map, a lot of us have been taught. But definitely when you fly over Greenland, you get like, wow, it's endless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so much snow uh, or the ice cap is so big. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I grew up those two places here in, in Greenland. And um, I'm very, I feel like I'm very fortunate to have seen both because, I mean... I feel like it's a privilege to get insights on what, how it, like places can be different, even in the same country or, you know, cultures. How do, how do you talk or how do you laugh? What do, what is funny and like all of these small things I experienced all through my childhood. Also, the difference uh, between Danish culture and Greenlandic culture mm-hmm. is so huge (laughs) and uh, I feel like I've navigated in those two worlds all my life yeah Mm. has it ever been a little bit of a conflict especially when you started to learn about how different Greenlandic people have been treated yeah I mean one thing that that actually I thought about when I was like 10 was like how how come Danish people don't know about Greenland I know so much about Denmark like Mm -hmm. here in school we are taught about second world war and like we weren't even a a big part of the the second world war but that's what uh, is on the school uh, yeah agenda so it's like yeah so it's interesting and also I think that dynamic I I I mm, you know was wondering about the difference and um in school in Denmark, I would get asked, like, do you ride polar bears to school? Do you have a polar bear as a pet? Or do you even have electricity yeah. and stuff like that? And that would bother me so yeah, much. Definitely. <laughs> There's a lot of ignorance around it. I think so. It isn't being but also because yeah. Greenland is so far away from Danish people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's also very far away because now we have, we can fly through Reykjavik or Copenhagen, but back then it was only Copenhagen. So we had like a tunnel to Denmark and it's so expensive also to get here. So not that many Danish people would go here. Right. So it's like, yeah, the, it's, it's interesting growing up in this. And also is it, is Greenland really talked about in Denmark? Yeah. yeah. And also it's in a very negative way often. Yeah. So it probably doesn't make it appealing in some ways to for people to be interested. Yeah, but that's something that I'm now working on, like mm-hmm. changing the narrative about our people. We are not only like we don't have only social problems. We have like, did you know that Greenland is actually run seventy uh, percent by um, green energy? Yeah. I, I, learned, plant. I, yeah. Yeah, I learned this the other but day. Not, I was not like, that what? many people right, know exactly. this. Exactly. And I wouldn't yeah. have known that either. Because I was like, wait, 
what? And it's like, oh, that's that's smart. Obviously, your island is <laughs> a lot of yeah. water, so yeah. it makes sense to use it. Exactly. Yeah, and it's yeah. I think also like for instance with Iceland. Mm-hmm. Geothermal energy is is really put up there for uh-huh. people to know. So like yeah. yeah, exactly. Even in the marketing, I feel like mm-hmm. it would really help for people to understand that. But I feel like that's not something that they talk about in Denmark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and okay. the, they are proclaiming that they're the greenest country in the world and like this and we're like, well, mm-hmm. you should think more about green energy probably or like, you know, it's it's so different. So we can teach you something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just call. Exactly. So especially since you have a direct flight. So Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, for people who are wondering, you can only, like you mentioned, get mm-hmm. to Greenland through Iceland or Denmark, which I think is a pretty fascinating thing, too, considering that we're talking about um, Denmark having ruled over both. Mm-hmm. And now it's the point where Greenland is considered like a district sort of of Denmark mm-hmm. and Iceland is independent. But still, Iceland had a lot of issues and a lot of, um, let's put it stories to tell mm-hmm. <laughs> regarding yeah. their being ruled mm-hmm. by Denmark. Exactly. And so I always find it really fascinating to hear some of the stories, even if they come a little bit later in yeah. terms of development, how there's similarities between the two, mm-hmm. right? And like this yeah. need to kind of, like not need, but like right to be independent mm-hmm. and also feeling like you're on par mm-hmm. with them. You know what I mean? Exactly. This idea of like what is considered civilized. and I know. feel so many Icelandic people know exactly what we are going through mm-hmm. and they're like fighting with us yeah um, i mean for our rights to become independent yeah exactly and that's something that i i'm really happy about because it's not always the same uh, energy that you get from danish people <laughs> and i don't know just because i don't have many danish people i've never been to denmark okay. i would like yeah. to go <laughs> because yeah. it sounds nice yeah but in terms of um understanding when you've been the colonizer i don't think there's always the initial interest because it's like you might feel blame or whatever else and even if you're taking responsibility for understanding like your ancestors you know Mm -hmm. were part of this thing and you're just aware of it Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to continue being this way right there's so much room for growth and progression and i think maybe that is the discussion hopefully that is it sounds like that's what you're working on a lot definitely definitely and i feel like there is a shift i I don't want to be completely negative towards denmark it's it's happening but I would like it to be faster. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't we all, right? Yeah, it's like, right? In terms of, like, even in the U.S., like, thinking mm. from, you know, in terms of lots of issues there. There's yeah. so many potential areas for improvement. And it's like, why can't we just do this faster? Why does it have to take so long? Yeah. And we're just dealing with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the complexity exactly. of people. True. And societies. And politics. And, and systemic issues, yeah. mm-hmm. right? When something has been in the system so long, people actually get attached to it, even if they are the ones being oppressed. Definitely. And Definitely. that yeah. is, I think... I'm I'm curious to know, in your activism, yeah. are you coming up against Greenlanders who are not as on board with it? Yeah, definitely. You know, the the thing is that I always expect Danish people to be, you know, a little bit on guard or defending themselves. Yeah. But sometimes I get really, you know, sad or furious about Inuit here defending Dan- Denmark or mm. Danish government and and you know that's something that i i find interesting but also like it's it's devastating because this internalized um colonialism or you know it's it's so hard to take out of people or to you know it takes time for people to realize that the system they are defending is actually not good for them right 
it yeah. is it is keeping them from having certain rights. Exactly. Many mm-hmm. rights. Even yeah. just this, what you were talking about regarding pay. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. who would want to get paid half the right. amount? Exactly. And yet there is an acceptance of it, almost like that's just, you know, almost like lower self-worth. Mm-hmm. That That is what I'm worth, or that is yeah. how I'm seen, and so mm-hmm. you've just allowed for it. Because otherwise, if you thought about it, it's really painful. Exactly. And it's hurtful to think that as a human being, you're being viewed as less valuable, mm-hmm. even though the value you bring, first of all, is making someone else money. Yeah. <laughs> but it's your time. It's exactly. your labor. It's your, yeah. you know, physical body, emotions, mm-hmm. all these things. So mm-hmm. yeah. Another interesting thing about that is we are actually the majority of the people here. The indigenous people here have an exceptional... Yeah. you know point because we are actually the majority of yeah. this island we don't have that many settlers as compared to other places like um canada or mm-hmm. um, yeah. australia or any other place and yet we still you know act like we are the minority here and that's something that i'm like that is the power, though, of yeah. the system, right? Is when you can mm-hmm. make people believe the majority. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about the world, right? How many people don't have, like, billions of dollars mm-hmm. and are working their butt off, getting pay- taxed heavily, and then you have, like, the 0.001% that don't pay taxes. True. and they're bill- You know what I mean? It's yeah. like this kind of same kind of concept of, like, we all could make this different. Right? Right? <laughs> but it's like, so on yeah. a smaller scale, but yeah, a yeah. still very mm-hmm. big scale, when you think yeah. about it, it's just like... In terms of your everyday, this is it's it, this system. The fact that we can start to believe it is exactly incredible. So historically, what happened here is that we got colonized three hundred years ago, mm-hmm. or three hundred and two years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> to be <laughs> precise, very precise, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> um, we were marking it two years ago, so it was uh, like a big, okay. interesting, you know, yeah, not celebration but marking yeah. of of that history. It's like so, a sad anniversary. Yeah. yeah. So what happened 300 years ago was this Norwegian priest came here, arrived here to um, uh, make the uh, Norsemen, um, the, the Vikings who came here from Iceland and yeah. Denmark or Scandinavia, um, make them Christians. And he found out that there were none. <laughs> none of them left. Yeah. And he met the Inuit who was living here. And um, even though he only was here for, I don't know, 10 years, I think it is, or 12 years, mm-hmm. he did actually um, convince people that yeah. we, were, we needed to become Christians right. at the time. And then, you know, for 300 years, we believed that this was what we should believe in. And... And what happened then was also 70 years ago, there was a big fight because when the UN de- decided that you could no longer have um, colonies, yeah. Denmark did a really uh, smart thing mm-hmm. <laughs> to let to make Greenland a part of the Danish land. or mm-hmm. municip- So it, we became a municipality right. as a part of Denmark. Um, so they can continue ownership, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So they were hiding the status of being a colony and claiming that we here decided that we wanted to be still be a part of Denmark, which is debatable. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then from the 50s through the 60s, um, Denmark had... 
uh, like what they call modernization of Greenland. Mm-hmm. It's called G50 and G60, mm-hmm. so Greenland, yeah, those years. And um, they built a lot of, um, what are they called, like the buildings where you live, apartments. Mm-hmm. Like apartment blocks. Or something yeah, exactly, like yeah. blocks uh, here, all th- uh, in the biggest cities. Okay. And um, then moved people from smaller housing yeah. to into these concrete jungles. <laughs> wow, so it's like taking them from their way of living exactly into like hey you should live like this yeah. yeah and and of course some people saw it as a good thing because they would have running water they would mm-hmm. have heat that were working and right. it was a step up for some people but then at the same time you would have fishermen who didn't have uh, space for their equipment right yeah so they stopped hunting or stopped fishing mm-hmm. and um in that sense they broke down some of our traditional living right. uh, way of living. And then in the uh, late 60s and beginning of the 70s, there was a big movement that was happening there where we ended up in uh, 79 with home rule. Home rule, okay. Yeah, so home rule is that we took home some areas, but we're still under the Danish, um, oh. you know... Government. Yeah. Okay. So we did get our small, independent, local government. Okay. But we didn't have full autonomy of our land. And, you know, it was a huge step. And a lot of other colonies look up to Greenland because of this. Mm. Um, But it's not independency, which is what we actually are we have the rights to yeah. get. Okay. Um, and then uh, 30 years later in 2009, we voted for self-government, okay. which is a step up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like continuous steps to get <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so now we're talking about independency or in some form, maybe even get a um, free association. Mm. So we get to, we get our land back yeah. and full autonomy, but still a part of Denmark in some way, or maybe a union with Denmark. Right? Are there arguments against it because of their cons to having? You know what I mean? Like, what would be persons like here being like, "Yeah, we shouldn't be well, totally independent because of whatever." One of the things that the Danish state state is stating is that we would get. Um, Russia would invade our land or China mm-hmm. would take over. Just immediately. It would just be- <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's against all law. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it wouldn't be legal to do this, but that's one of the scare tactics mm-hmm. that they're using. Mm-hmm. Um, other things would be like, we don't have a military. Right. Are, um, and also there's a discussion whether we are enough people. And I don't know what the number is to be a state. I think there are smaller states than our yeah. population we are 58,000 so it's not a like it's not a lot of people but it's still yeah like and also one thing that is missing in that argument is that Inuit make up 180,000 people across the Arctic so wow. Inuit are not only in Greenland right. they're also yeah. in Canada Alaska and Russia and I mean just like the Sami Samis they are living divided in different colony states <laughs> We could also like gather 
uh, Inuit mm-hmm. uh, land area. Exactly. So, I mean, there are many arguments that we shouldn't become independent, right. but I mean, I know all the answers to them. <laughs> yeah, they're mostly fear-based, Yeah, it sounds like. Definitely. Okay. And also one, one other big issue is, or argument is, what about money? Yeah, this is something someone brought up the other day when I asked... And they're like, things are going to get so expensive. And I was like, why? Yeah. Just, I was just out of curiosity, why? why? And they're like, I don't know. Like, okay. <laughs> well, I guess hopefully I can find out <laughs> yeah. why that would be. I mean, I'm not an economic in any ways. I don't know that much about it. But exactly that's my that's the same response that I get. It's like, why would it? I mean, yeah. we already... Why we are importing everything. Yeah, you're already doing trades and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly, so. yeah. And also no country... In, Anywhere in the world is completely independent, independent. Right, yeah. Everybody works together in unions. And, like, there's the European Union. There's the U- United States. Like, Canada is a big yeah. whole of, uh, of different states working together. So why not do it here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to mention something about mm-hmm. when you mentioned you talked about the Inuit people mm-hmm. across different lands. And how when we met initially, which was yesterday... Wow, yeah, yeah. time flies. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you think I would remember it easily, but I was on a boat trip earlier, so my yeah. brain is kind of like still on the waves. <laughs> and the fact that you were mentioning about like the tattoos or like mm-hmm. just culturally, or yeah. not tattoos, it was the two-spirited people mm-hmm. or individuals like this and how mm-hmm. that runs across yeah. the cultures in mm-hmm. many ways. It might not be called the same always, but I found that really fascinating right. how miles and miles away kilometers whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and there still is this thread mm-hmm. of understanding and mm-hmm. things that were kind of considered negative mm-hmm. when lands were colonized the people were already on them yeah and then being able to like i don't know how do you feel about like when you learn this and saw it and it was like wow we are actually like one inuit people mm-hmm. in, in a way right in yeah. many ways it was a big eye-opener for me, actually, yeah. because I have been brought up with this tunnel, again, towards Denmark. Yeah. So everything I was taught was, like, comparing our people to Danish people. Mm-hmm. Like, looks, traditions, way of speaking, like, yeah. everything, everything, language, everything. And then, you know, with social media opening up the world completely you get to connect with people who are the same people as you but they're across there to the to the other side yeah and we actually never knew so much about the canadian inuit or you know the inuit on that side and we share so many things um it's beautiful right yeah yeah and and i think that's something that um i feel like that's our strength. Mm-hmm. Like they even tried to disconnect us, but we we yeah. are still connected. It lives on mm-hmm. literally, like in the spirit of the people. Like exactly. you might not be able to say it, yeah, but the practices and understanding. And one thing that I also learned is that we have been colonized differently. So mm. here they wanted us to be still hunters, and and they, I'm gonna say, let us keep our language, mm-hmm. so it's still living, and we many people. Uh, speak Greenlandic here mm-hmm. or Galatlisut, and they weren't as privileged yeah. as as we were in terms of language mm-hmm. on 
um, on the other side yeah. of the ocean of the Labrador Sea, yeah. um, because they were like their language is differently preserved. Oh, it's not really yeah. actually. It's and there they, was a they, lot they of disconnect like of that taking children from their families and putting them in homes and exactly. basically uh, changing their whole culture, like erasing yeah. mm-hmm. their identities. Exactly, it's horrifying when I read about it, and I was like, right. oh, I had no like. The more you dig into how, like you're saying, differently it was done in mm-hmm. many places, it's very scary. I think so. So, but then they are still. Like I said, I told you yesterday, they yeah. still had the tattoos mm-hmm. more preserved than we have here. Yeah. And they also have like the sewing techniques or other things they kept, they were able to keep yeah. that we weren't here. Yeah, interesting. So it's like, I think I feel like we, we are now exchanging knowledge in that sense. Yeah. And I, I was uh, very lucky to get to Iqaluit. Uh, in Nunavut, mm-hmm. which is like actually one and a half hours flight from here, but I had to go through Iceland. Oh, really? Serrano, Ottawa. Yeah, it was like a two and a half day trip. What? <laughs> yeah, and it's like just a, it's like the closest island here from. But why where did we you live. have to go? <laughs> because there are no flights going there from here. Yeah, yeah. commercial flights. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, it was a it was a experience. An yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like like we are we are lucky to get connected now, mm-hmm. so we can, you know, learn from each other in many ways. Uh, like we also have things in common, the way we view the world, mm-hmm. like our belief systems, our way of being in in the nature, and yeah. um, things that colonization didn't take away from us. Uh, are similar or yeah. exactly the same. Our oral traditions yeah. are the same. Our stories and myths are the same. Really? Yeah. Wow. That is really cool. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like you can't, you can't, literally can't break the spirit. Right. <laughs> so regarding language, though, because mm-hmm. this has also been a really fascinating topic, and I'm sure yeah. it's also part of your reclaiming yes. uh, and decolonizing, because I know people who have grown up in Greenland and don't speak Greenlandic, mm-hmm. and... I feel like for them, there's a little bit of like, uh, I don't, you know, my, and for yeah. some reason, my class didn't get it exactly. or my family, you know, whether it's their mother or both parents mm-hmm. didn't speak it at home. Yeah. And so there's like, I'm Greenlandic and I live here and maybe they lived in Denmark for a period mm. of time, but there is this like aspect of not having learned. So do you like, in terms of that, can you give a little overview yeah. of why it is that some people learn yes. it and some others don't? Well, my parents were very activistic in this sense. Okay, nice. Um, since my dad is Danish and my mother is Greenlandic, um, they actually were persisting on ha- learning, like teaching me and my brothers both languages. Yeah. Okay. From and they were like, my mom spoke Greenlandic and my dad spoke Danish, and we would get to learn both languages yeah. firsthand nice. in our homes. And also, I'm very lucky that my Danish dad actually went one year to to learn Greenlandic, so he understands wow, very much. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Right? And not all Danish people do this when yeah. they get here. And that's part of the colonial history because, mm. you know, you you would get like, you would get a higher status when you get here because you're Danish. Yeah. So life um, is easier for you in that regard because people exactly. will cater to you and speak right. in Danish. Yeah. And so historically in the 50s, what was preached was that 
why would you keep your language? Mm-hmm. It's dying out. You're so few. Wow. And also, if you want to have a education, you need to learn Danish. Right. Wow. And because of this, a lot of people who grew up in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and up until actually... So the school system was had this segregation in, in classes. So... If you had, if you were one of your parents were Danish or both of them, you would automatically get in the Danish class. Wow. And for many people and many people, many of my friends, that meant that they would speak Greenlandic until they were six years, and when they got into school, they would completely lose their language. Wow! And this is a very painful way to make people not feeling home in yeah. their home country. Literally, yeah. Right, and so. Even though I know people who say that this is, it doesn't matter, I can feel that this is a really big pain for a lot of people. And also because then what happened in the 90s was that there was a big wave of reclaiming Mm. language, especially. So they would Greenlandicize or, you know, indigenize the school system and like making it a priority that we get more teachers who are native Mm -hmm. and and then you know there's a like um divide division Mm -hmm. in in those two um generations so the people who were born in the 80s maybe up until the 80s and then people who were born later like have different ways of being in school yeah it's amazing right and uh, really bizarre because Mm -hmm. i have a friend who falls into this where it's like yeah. I think they're right before where they didn't get like I mentioned the Greenlandic mm-hmm. and when I talked to her about it and we not like we're going dive deep into mm-hmm. it or something yeah. but it was just more like I could tell when it came up that for her it was kind of like oh yeah it was like you know you yeah. had a whole posture changed right? to yeah. kind of like like you mentioned the sadness yeah but not really wanting to dwell on it because it's like what right. can you do and right. now that she's an adult uh, and lives here now, or yeah. came back to living here. Mm-hmm. I think for her, like having her children exactly. here and yeah. learning it and everything, yeah. you know, it's kind of like giving life mm, back into right? the ability. Cause, yeah. Because I'm seeing, like, first of all, on the plane, yeah. or, or Greenland, mm-hmm. Greenlandic is written first, mm-hmm. and then it was Danish and English. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like that everywhere, but it looks like Greenlandic is pretty present in right. terms of written places. So I was like, oh, okay, so a lot more people are speaking it here, but yeah. then you do catch, you know, people who don't understand. And it's, right. Or don't. They might understand, but they don't speak it, or they don't feel, you know. I don't know. Well, it's it's depending on where you are, because yeah. actually our whole administration, our government, is run in Danish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah. yeah Even though we have, like, we have taken back and have a law yeah, that Greenlandic is the language here. But since we have so many, um, you know, people who are coming here to work in the system... Uh, if you have a meeting, like one example could be you're in a meeting, yeah. there are 12 people, 11 of these people speak Greenlandic fluently, are best at Greenlandic, but there's one Danish person present in this meeting. Everyone would switch to Danish. Wow. And still today, it's like this. That is interesting. It's funny because, okay, I'll give you an example of, mm-hmm. for me, when I first started working in, at Ascent and Mountain Guides, this mm-hmm. was a travel company. Mm-hmm. And... It was the opposite. So it was like the majority of the people spoke Icelandic and I was new. So yeah. <laughs> not speaking Icelandic. So they would begin in English. Yeah. But eventually the conversation would always drift back to Icelandic. Yeah. Which I understood because I was like, that yeah. is their mother tongue. That's what right? they But it's so interesting here to hear like 
no, actually, the um, accommodation will be to the Danish person, right. spe- that one person mm. in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel there's a shift, though, but it's yeah. very slow. And especially if you go to the government, it's not like this. Yeah. It's, okay. There's not this big shift. But in places like in the art scene, where I'm mostly mm. in meetings, <laughs> we are reclaiming our language definitely yeah. as a like i sat in different meetings where we would have a danish um uh, what are they called um law people who work with law lawyers <laughs> lawyers yeah. exactly and and um and we would just be like are you okay that we speak greenlandic and yeah. they were like yeah of course yeah. and then and then the whole meeting was in greenlandic And I really feel like that's empowerment. Yeah, definitely. And it should be like this, right? Um, Would you but, say that most Greenlanders speak Danish? Uh, no. 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 Okay. But um, but there's a big generation that does okay. mostly speak uh, or only speak Danish, and then those most of those people are here in Nuuk. Mm, okay. Okay. And. Also because, you know, our government is here and mm. most of the institutions are here. The and, and and of course people who speak Danish have easier access to educations and higher educations. That I mean that's facts. Yeah. And um so if you go to my hometown, Sisimut, mm. mostly most of the town speaks Greenlandic. Okay. Even the Danish people. Oh, okay. Because yeah. it is like this is what it is here. That's, like they that people it's don't. It's probably easier yeah. for them to learn it. You know, yeah. integrate and yeah. and learn it because they hear it everywhere. Yeah. Even like if you go here, you go to the post office. You they would speak Danish to you. Mm. Or if you go to the shops, they would expect. You would expect that people would speak Danish to you if you're only Danish speaking. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I would say that's. That's mostly Nuke. Okay. But most people live here. Right. Yeah. The, the majority time. of yeah. Yeah. people in the country. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Which is around, you said, 20,000? Yeah. Um, a little bit under. I think we are 18,000. Okay. So not the majority of the country, but a large portion. Yeah. yeah. One third of the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And in terms of education, because mm-hmm. I hear about a lot of Greenlanders who go to Denmark. Yes. Is it just like, I want to go to Denmark and study, and that's a fairly easy process? Like, what is that like? Yeah, so that's the, you know, the the pros of being a part of Denmark, mm-hmm. is that we actually have uh, um, easy, easy access to education there. We don't pay for educations. Our government funds people to travel there to study mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So most people go there. Okay. To study, yeah. However, I would say my generations and and the people who are younger also study everywhere in the yeah, world. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's yeah. become more global in that sense. Yeah, realizing that you have more access to different places. Many people go to Norway because the climate is <laughs> is the same. Yeah, so you feel and, almost and, like at home. <laughs> and also, like Denmark, in one thing that many people who studies in Denmark, that when they go studying there. They experience all these prejudices yeah. towards us, and some people actively uh, select Norway, for instance, because we don't, we are not that, um, we don't meet all those prejudices yeah. there. So it's uh, the history it's, isn't there. And it's easier yeah. to just be yourself there in yeah. some sense. Yeah, interesting. So 
in terms of prejudice, because you have tattoos, right? Mm-hmm. And her tattoos are beautiful. And I'm going to take a picture if you would be uh, allowing of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can see, like, they're on your face mm-hmm. and on your hands and mm-hmm. your arms. And I'm just wondering, like, for instance, if you go to Denmark, right? Mm-hmm. Do people comment about this? Are they... Is there... Do you ever feel prejudice because there are markings on you that mm-hmm. are um, Inuit? Um, or anywhere. It doesn't have yeah, to be Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I only got these tattoos... Um, a few years ago, mm. so it's like one, no, two, two and three years ago. I got it, not at the same time. Yeah. Um. So I have on my chin, I have like two lines mm-hmm. that go from my lips down to the end of the chin, and um, those are traditionally the first ones you get. It's like the ritual for marking that you are, you have become a woman. Mm, yeah. Okay. And it's only a few years ago you came. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In that sense. <laughs> Um, and when I got them, it was during COVID, so I was kind of like happy that you would you 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 had to wear a mask on the plane. And when I landed in the airport, I yeah. was protected, you know, felt protected by the right. by the mask, right. face mask. That's interesting. And um, I was I was very like scared that yeah. people would you know say anything like racist things yeah. or you know be like negative in some sense right. I'd never never experienced anything okay, actually that's great. and I'm really really happy that I didn't because yeah. um it would be difficult but one thing that I notice is that people stare and mm-hmm. I think that's fair <laughs> it is because you I'm look, very beautiful you know <laughs> you are a but also b they're beautiful tattoos right like I think it actually mm. comes because the way that it comes across your face it like highlights your mm-hmm. cheeks and you know right. it's, it's a, it mm. kind of it accentuates your face right in a cool way so it's yeah. like I also but you know you see something you're like oh yeah right I am seeing a tattoo right like yeah I mean so, yeah yeah but I mean I sometimes I experience that people when they walk past me they're like turning their heads and that's kind of like okay I had to get used to that yes. in the beginning it's jarring and now sure. I really mostly don't notice it but when people who never experienced this walk with me they're like wow people are staring <laughs> you're like well of course they are <laughs> but I, I think I just got used to it yeah you know it's it's and also for yourself, I mean, this has not been the majority of your life that you've had it. Right. So it is new for yourself to like yeah. absorb mm-hmm. a part of your personality is now mm-hmm. this thing exactly. on your face, you know? I, I, not personality, but you know, like how mm, you're seen in the world. Exactly. Uh, and um, now I I forget they're there sometimes. And when people are like, can I ask you something and point on uh, my face? And I'm like, oh, yeah, what? what? <laughs> are you planning to get any more? <clears throat> I would love to, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I will at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Because <laughs> well, I've seen, like, for instance, in New Zealand, mm-hmm. the Maori people, exactly. and like, it could be your whole face. Yeah. You know, it's so it's so beautiful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. it's art. I mean, right. What you have is art as well. It's mm-hmm. just, this, yeah. theirs is very intricate. Exactly. And of course, I'm sure when they, you know, people who have this travel, yeah. it is like you almost want to stare because you're like, that's fascinating. Right. right? It's, it's so, so cool. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I will get more, but I mean, it's also. Um, I need to, you know, both um, get prepared yeah. and also it's it costs a lot. <laughs> and it's on your time, right? Yeah, exactly. right? <laughs> so no no pressure. I was just curious about yeah. you know, the possibilities. Uh, I actually, I, yeah, I, I'm hoping to get more lines on my chin. Mm, okay. Mm. And do the lines represent 
something like meaning more woman womanhood or something you know like just, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> sometimes like w- one time i was asked is that because you have two children and i do have two children That's and i was a good like question. yes and i was in Iceland, actually, at some point for the film festival, and people were like, what do they mean? And I was like, that's how many men I killed. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and they would get, like, really scared, give me scared looks, and I was like, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and, and I also say sometimes that it's how many polar bears I killed. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, they, they represent different things, and um, the... The patterns are sp- um, place specific. Mm, okay. Although they were space specific, or what tribe you came from, yeah, um, or what clan you came from, and we don't have that same anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that has shifted out of the consciousness of exactly. the culture, right. but it's still a part mm. of the culture. Yeah. So yeah, and. We talked about how there aren't many people doing this. Mm-hmm. There are literally two. Yes. One here and one in Denmark. Tattoo artists. Part, yeah. Two artists, mm-hmm. yes. Who yeah, are, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There are people, plenty of people who, well, a yeah. decent amount of people who are actually getting the tattoos. Yeah. But I'm sure that means she probably has a long wait list. <laughs> I think so, yeah, 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 yeah. And also, I think, uh, so the one who did my face was mm-hmm. Beningwa, who lives here in Nuuk, and she is, like, an excellent artist. And, mm-hmm. like, I feel so safe in her hands <laughs> and she hand pokes them yeah. uh, but there are also another technique where you sew in the skin yeah and that, i haven't the tried that sound a little bit intense <laughs> i heard it's very painful yeah <laughs> um but that's how the traditional way uh, that's the traditional way to do it mm-hmm. mm, yeah so i mean yeah it's it's very healing in a sense yeah one of the fascinating topics we also had yesterday was mm-hmm. about because they are beautiful mm-hmm. and it would potentially attract people who are not Greenlandic and, or not Inuit and yes. don't have this culture mm-hmm. and the potential appropriation of the, you know, the tattoos for yeah. beauty aspects rather than what it's meant for, which is like a celebration mm-hmm. and reclaiming, like you exactly. mentioned, because it was at a time where you weren't allowed to even have this. Yeah, for almost 300 years, yes. it was forbidden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Part of your work, too, what I guess would be educating people on, yeah. like, what this is about. And mm-hmm. also, like, hey, I, we, we appreciate that you think it's beautiful, but right. please don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of it. And, and I know that uh, the tattoo artists are very um, specific about this, that they don't tattoo on white people. Yeah. Or people f- who are not from here. Yeah, or that are like, not Inuit. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, that is a big part of it. And um, I remember, was it? Two years ago, Angelina Jolie showed up with some kind of jewelry that looked uh, similar to a, a chin tattoo. Yeah. And we would just get like, what is she doing? <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess this up. At least it wasn't a tattoo, but mm-hmm. it was kind. Of, it felt kind of like, if she, is she appropriating this? Yeah. And maybe, I mean, where is the line of, yes, you know, yeah. appreciation and appropriation? And I think, don't put it on your skin. Mm-hmm. It's It's hours and yeah. i know other um indigenous uh, peoples do it too i know that uh, there are afghanistan mm. like people who are there and also okay. people from uh the northern part of africa who yeah. would have it and like so it's like 
Mm. In many cultures, there are, exactly. you know, yeah. those who at least have their, yeah, this, <laughs> I'm just kidding. The, the fire, the table fireplaces decided, I'm just gonna what, add what was some this oil. called again? It's a kushluk. Okay. It's a light. So it's, it's, it's really traditional, cool. mm, it's, it's a traditional surviving Mm, heater <laughs> yeah that would be in an igloo exactly yeah. or so, in the summer house oh, okay yeah 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 yeah. Mm. yeah uh yeah and so, so yeah we were talking about like different cultures that do have this mm-hmm. and it is one of those tough things because it's like for instance halloween right yeah like, this is a topic and i'm not saying it's tough because of halloween but just the idea that people thought it looked cool and didn't realize that for many individuals, for the individuals who this mm-hmm. belongs to, like this mm-hmm. is oftentimes, like you said, very powerful. But it could also be linked to ceremonies, exactly, and you know, rite of passages, things like this. That, yeah, you know. I mean, that's the one big part of these um, markings is that they are deeply connected to our spirituality. Mm-hmm. They protect us from different things. They're yeah. like they're, that's a way of um, surviving or you know honoring your soul mm-hmm. and so it's not just a tattoo it's it's a whole lifestyle yeah. it's a belief system it's also amulets for different things that were traditional but still today they're mm-hmm. very like you don't get them just for fun or yeah. beca- i mean that's that's a big part of it yeah okay mm. and i'm glad that we were able to like mm-hmm. at least share that with people because i yeah. I do think in a lot of people in good faith mm-hmm. are not after trying to offend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once they're informed, it's like, now you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so True. you can take that information and use it so yeah. that you can also just be appreciative. Yeah. And I mean, I, I do have Western tattoos as well. And mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're like hearts or flowers yeah. or rainbows. And like those are, I get why people think it's just for, you know, yeah. the, the sake of getting a tattoo. Um, but I feel there's a big difference for me with the traditional mm-hmm. markings and the Western tattoo styles. Yeah, mm. definitely. So another aspect of your life is filmmaking. Yes. What type of films do you mm. make? Okay, so I have been working in film and TV for 14 years. Nice. And um, I actually started making um, youth programs at the National t- uh, Broadcasting. Awesome. Yeah. And um, I always felt like the need to make f- things that I would watch myself mm-hmm. that wasn't there already. Mm-hmm. But also, it, it's always important for me to have something that's empowering. And also, so one of the things that I'm really, really um, eager to promote is that we have our own voice and that we also want to change the narratives because one one very often uh, like the same narrative that we see in danish um portrayal of our people is that we are people with social problems or mm. you know people who um abuse children wow. or like um it's either those themes or it's like the great nature and and the melting ice cap yeah. like those are the two Poles, images yeah, yeah. Or the two narratives that they promote wow. over and over again and it's like in between that there are so many stories yeah. to be told it's like when you see africa exactly it's so advertised and it's just children who are starving and yeah. it's like there's so much happening on this continent right? yes, <laughs> it's exactly like, like, yeah 
Yeah, yeah. it's exactly the same yeah. here. Um, I mean, at least from... It's a smaller scale because it's mm. only in Denmark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when Denmark is saying that's how we are, then the friends think the same and the right, Norwegian yeah. and like other people see the same narratives over and over again about our people. And it gets harder to get uh, other narratives or other stories yeah. promoted. <laughs> Especially when you think about it. I mean, in terms of Denmark, France, like all these countries, first of all, they're close to each other. Mm-hmm. But they have really long-standing history mm-hmm. and relationships, mm-hmm. right? So why wouldn't they trust what Denmark right. says? Exactly. It's not like they have access to mm-hmm. Greenland, and it's like they, did, did Danish technically have access to Greenland, so they would know, right? Exactly. And I think that is also a really hard thing, is when yeah. the colonizer is the only one writing the story or mm-hmm. telling the story. Yeah. And it's like their idea of it. Exactly. And like I had it written down here, and I was reading some stuff, and I was just learning more about like mm-hmm. Greenland being uh, ruled by Denmark. And then Denmark being seen as, you know, quote, the benevolent colonial power mm-hmm. for not having um, kind of taken resources mm. from Greenland. Like this idea, but it's like, but what are the other things? There have been things that have been taken. They right? don't do that just to savers. It's, yeah. it's, but that's the story that's promoting all right. and over again. And once, and I, one thing that I noticed when I started saying differently like Mm -hmm. saying like we don't need you or Mm -hmm. can you please stop telling our stories it's like oh we'll take your money then and it's just like yeah like greenland get a a small amount of money to support our systems here and they're like that's the first thing that they're saying in denmark yeah and it's like that's weird i mean (laughs) like it's it's such a power yeah tool to try and be like well basically shut up or please we'll, we'll be grateful punish you yeah. yeah 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 and um and also that's the narrative that everything happened in the best meaning like you, you we actually just came to save you I mean without us you would be where would you be mm. that's the story that's mm-hmm. this that's they keep promoting mm-hmm. over and over again and so yeah I mean that's something that I'm really really eager to change Mm -hmm. and so 11 years ago 12 years ago we made a horror film okay yeah (laughs) i wasn't expecting that no (laughs) i know but why not i mean we do love all these scary stories here and that's a part exactly yeah Yeah. so it's very um it's very suitable for here and then like we have all these oral story traditions Mm -hmm. telling traditions and so they're all completely different than the average Disney story about animals being so right, like, yeah. you know all Sweet these and yeah helpful. exactly so there would be like I grew up with all these stories about how the woman on the moon would take your intestines if you get if he, if she wants to <laughs> that's a bedtime story yeah, here, you know? a bedtime. <laughs> it's like now go to sleep and yeah, try good not night. to <laughs> But all of these stories actually had a purpose because okay. you would you would get prepared for the really really harsh environment that we yeah. live in. So it's and it's very dark here. So why not tell all these stories? I mean, I also imagine that your imagination would get wild in the dark. Mm-hmm. Like you you see things or hear things, and I mean, why not? <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, I said it, same thing. It's very dark mm-hmm. stories, but also dark humor that right. comes out of that, exactly. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like laugh through the pain. It's and so yeah, so we made that, and it's the most seen film here. Mm. Um, what is the name of it? It's called Kakailengo. It's 
Shadows in the Mountain. Okay. And so it's a story about a rividog, which is a hermit. Mm-hmm. Um, who, okay, so six young people are celebrating that they finished high school and they go to a summer house and they <sighs> then one of them, uh, one by one, they die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's, it's the most seen film here. Okay, cool. Um, Congratulations on that. Thank you. <laughs> and then I, I also worked a lot on documentaries and, okay. and changing the narratives about our people, empowerment, and like all of this. So your film work is and uh, TV work is your activism work as well. Definitely, yeah. definitely. That's awesome. I think it's they they go hand in hand. Yeah. And I recently finished three episodes for the national TV about. Um, so we had these uh, children who were born from the 50s and uh, it's like 8,000 people mm-hmm. who were born legally fatherless. That's a term. So it's they are... Um, so we didn't have a, a law that protected children here. So oh. today, if you're born here, you get the right to have a mother and a father. Okay. Or, you know, two <laughs> yeah, parents. Yeah, I, like, I, I right? hear you, but and I'm just then, curious and, about, like, what is it? And um, so it would state on your birth certificate that who's your fa- mother and father. But back then, there was a law that protected the Danish men who came here to work in the modernization <gasps> oh of Greenland. Yeah. And many of these people were carpenters or uh, working with the fish um, industry and all of these things. And there was a Danish law that protected these men that where the, it claimed that they could say no. If they had children here, they would be protected by a law that said, your children cannot know about you, they cannot inherit from you, and they cannot take your name. And so wow. my uncle was one of these children. Wow. He has a Danish father. and There's no idea. The system... So politicians worked on trying to change this law. Yeah. But it was only until 2016 when this law was changed and my uncle was 62 or six yeah past 60 yeah. and he was like finally able to find out who his father was wow and that's and like, the system knew all along so they keep they kept records yeah, yeah. purposefully and was like but, but because but my, kept them. my grandmother yeah. was asked to come to court because they would like and then he in the in that court case like there he they would um he he said no to be legally the father and she was told not to tell anyone oh, no. about this. So she actually took this with her when she died. Oh. And it was a you, you can imagine like how how stressful this was yeah. for my family right. because my uncle felt like she knew. Yeah. But she could never tell him. Right. Wow. And also Legally. just the idea of like first of all she had to do this on her own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then your uncle in terms of like you mentioned not knowing his father but like there's mm-hmm. implications with like medical history like Definitely. there's so many different yeah. aspects and then there's generational wealth as yes. well right mm-hmm. so that is stripped away from this person's mm-hmm. ability to be a part of that and it sounds like and i don't i'm not i'm just saying this based off of what i've just heard because i'm mm-hmm. just learning this mm-hmm. that danish men could come and have a good time yes do what they wanted and then no responsibility in essence it's like you know, and and also it's free too. So on top of yeah. this, also the church was so powerful back then in mm-hmm. the fifties and sixties, and up until like still today, I would say. But mm-hmm. um, that these women who had children outside of marriage, mm-hmm. they would not be welcomed in the church. So they would be like so even even yeah, exactly. So it's like a, is really an extra deep. punishment. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're a sinner. Yeah. 
and the other person has no repercussions. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's a That's so many like yeah. Okay. Layers so you did of a that. documentary about this. Yes, yeah, so I did three episodes where I talked to the three wow. different people because it's eight thousand people yeah. children who were born in this period wow. who had who were this you know legally fatherless and um each of them have different stories some of them were happy some of them were put in like foster care and like mm. they like sometimes the mother would be 16 years old when she got pregnant oh, and you know no. they grew up with their grandparents and mm. like all of these things that you know destroys people mm. or puts trauma in the family yeah and i mean that's my family like yeah. that that's it's so close to me all of the colonial history has been present in my family right yeah yeah so it's it's definitely like yeah again this this sometimes i hear people say like get over it Mm. it's so long time ago like we don't live in that anymore but it's still so present yeah and wow that's that's a really deep one i was (laughs) but i think too i was wondering about the fact that you are danish and you are greenlandic Mm. And knowing this about mm-hmm. both sides of your heritage, yeah. right? Has it ever felt conflicting to you within you of like that mm. you are in a, you're not split, obviously, but there is this aspect of like here's one, here's the other, and how one has utilized the other mm. for gain, yeah, yeah, and advantage, and usually status. I mean, honestly, it's definitely. If, so, and um, that how that like runs through you in a way too. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. I get your question because, yes, of course it has yeah. been. But it's, I mean, I'm very fortunate that my father is, has a PhD in mm-hmm. the the whole history about Greenland and Denmark. Oh, so really? I, <laughs> I would go to him and ask yeah. what happened there and yeah. what, like, I, he knows so much about this already. And he's also in a decolonial mindset already. So he, he would get me like he would be able to talk to me about this yeah. in a way that I felt was empowering yeah that's beautiful that's a very very like I feel so privileged to have yeah. this upbringing um but still it's like yeah it's in in relationships I I did date Danish men mm-hmm. at some point and you know of course that hurts when you start decolonizing your mind and Mm -hmm. finding out the structure like for me it started with feminism Mm -hmm. and that's a good place to start and then you realize okay men and women are not equal or men and other genders are not equal in Mm. any ways okay then the next step for me was with the whole black lives matter you get Mm -hmm. terms to use like lateral violence Mm -hmm. like you get to understand this the racial structure Mm -hmm. or the white supremacy structure so um after that i also got to know about more about uh, indigenous people and our rights or missing rights Mm -hmm. and stuff like this like the whole extra colonial structure that we are also part of right so for me it's been like a 10-year journey to you know finding out all these systems that we live in so it's like yeah it's been it's been difficult. Yeah. Of course. Also, especially when you're both. I But I think that's actually a good thing that I grew up in both mm-hmm. cultures because then I understand I have a deeper insights Absolutely. of both of them. But I think, yeah, I, you, you have to use that 
yeah. privilege in a good way. Yeah, I think it's great too. And I, I asked that question just mainly because I'm out of curiosity. Yeah. And also, it brought out something about your dad that I mm-hmm. thought was really cool mm-hmm. in terms of you'd already mentioned it before with your parents, but I didn't know this PhD aspect mm-hmm. and really being empowered with knowledge yeah. and kind of making that mm-hmm. a big part of his work, at least as an academic. Exactly. And then the other aspect of that is in the home, mm-hmm. that you were born into a circumstance to be an activist, basically. Yeah. If, if you chose to be, right? <laughs> and yes. so it allowed for you to have the ability to, even though it didn't feel like it happened then, mm-hmm. there was the decolonizing was happening, but then you have your own journey of it. Definitely. Your need, and then you mentioned Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. which to me has been amazing to see how it has touched so many different cultures. Right. And like you mentioned, like for yourself, mm-hmm. it, it starts to elevate the ability to articulate right. things that are happening mm-hmm. that you've always felt yeah. or seen, experienced, mm-hmm. but it's like, what is that, right? Yeah. Like, I know something's going on here, yeah. but then you're like, oh, other people know what this is too. Oh, and this is a great yeah, yeah, information. And it's like, that's yeah. what that is, right? Exactly. And now, we can, mm. now that we have more awareness about it, this is mm. how we can tackle it. And, it's yeah. just, and that's what's needed with these movements, right? Definitely. Is that, we all need to be further educated exactly. and validated yes, so that we can move forward now and be like, okay, exactly. I no longer have to feel crazy because get, uh, we're often in society along many different lines, whether it's race or socioeconomic status, are gaslit to believe exactly. that we're crazy. And it's like, True. nope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There's something And here. also the notion that I have you know, kept in my heart is like, no one's free until everyone's free. Right, exactly. And that is so important because... That's actually what feminism is about. Yes. But, you know, then I realized, okay, there's white feminism. That's only talking about uh, equal pay right. or maternity leave and yeah. paternity leave and like stuff like that. And I'm like, well, we'll get to that. But can we fix this deeper thing first? Yeah. I mean, that's the layers, right, <laughs> mm-hmm. of, of it all. Yeah. Yeah, there's, it is really interesting when you have going from, okay, I'm a woman mm-hmm. to you're an indigenous woman or mm-hmm. a black woman or an exactly. obese woman or a disabled woman exactly. or, like, the more you dig, yes. the more you find out a trans woman, like, yeah. there are separate issues mm-hmm. that fully deserve mm-hmm. <laughs> to have exactly uh, that come to the table, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many things. Okay. Yeah. So the future of your, <laughs> of your vision of Greenland, if you mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my goal, my hope, and my vision for our country is that we become independent. Yeah. Because, yes, it will be hard, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But that's what our, we are, that's our rights. That's our birthright. And we also have the right to be f- fully, uh, have full autonomy over this island Mm -hmm. and this land that we live on that belong to our ancestors and will belong to our uh, future generations so in respect of that i think that's my fight yeah Um, especially fighting for everyone who came before us Mm -hmm. all of our amazing resilient strong like people who survived here for Mm -hmm. so many years but also not giving up on the future generations. Like, my children don't have to fight this fight right. that we can go through right now and fix. Yeah, definitely. So that's my vision. <laughs> How long, recorded-wise, have people known that Inuit people have lived in Greenland? I think it's 4,000 people. Uh, 4,000 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's... Um, 
something about different uh, people coming four thousand mm. years ago and okay. then leaving, or I don't know. But then a thousand years ago, there was like the uh, a new uh, people who came. Okay, okay. But it's this, it's it's they, we all come from the same people. Yeah, though. yeah. Um, and then in the southern part of uh, of Greenland. Uh, there were uh, people who came from uh, Norway who mm-hmm. went through Iceland and went mm-hmm. here, but they didn't survive. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that actually happened to people who tried to settle a few times first for mm-hmm. Iceland. It yeah, was like exactly. not understanding yeah. that this is crazy not, island. <laughs> yeah, you just don't come and set up shop and hope for the best. Right? Like you really yeah. have to be prepared. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And actually, Inuit people, I would assume, helped. Settlers, because that's usually how it happens. So it's like, you're, you're probably going to die. <laughs> so yeah. come over here and put on this seal jacket they're, or something. They're both stories about them fighting each other, but mm. also, I think, helping each other. Yeah. So, yeah. It's the same with, like, uh, indigenous people in the U.S. Right. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so our people are mixed from... So historically, it's said that we are... we ha- Our people have traveled from uh, Mongolia mm. up through the Russian... Uh, Siberia and mm-hmm. crossed over through Russia and no, I uh, Alaska mm-hmm. and then Canada and here and then they ended here they mm-hmm. didn't go further to Iceland or yeah the Scandinavia okay. part of of um, the Arctic yeah so they yeah but also the Earth was changing too like things exactly. were happening that's so. true yeah yeah, yeah. so it's I mean that's many thousands yeah. ten thousands of years ago yeah. or yeah. something like that yeah yeah <laughs> I'm sure your ancestors are proud right <laughs> before yeah. we end mm-hmm. one of the questions i always ask yeah. at the end of the show during interview is a person's favorite icelandic word or phrase oh. but we yeah. are obviously and i thought it was really beautiful thank uh-huh. you for that for speaking in greenlandic when mm-hmm. you started yeah so if you have a, a phrase or a word mm. or anything in greenlandic that you like to share? I think one important thing that I think both Inuit should learn, but also people from other places could um, maybe find interesting, is mm-hmm. the word sila. 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 So sila is both... Um, it's it's a concept both of um, the universe. Mm-hmm. It's also the weather, but it's also the consciousness. Mm. And... And it's connected. And this is... Uh, Sila is the most sacred thing okay. that we believe in. Okay, that's um, awesome. Yeah. And, like, you can say, like, a person can have Sila. That's like a conscious mind. Mm, okay. But so you can also, use it different ways. But just, you're yeah. also like, what is Sila today? What is the weather today? <laughs> okay. Right? So yeah. it's like, it's, it's connected. Yeah. It's like the outer world and the inner world is connected and you can also feel sila like in your mind or in your body you okay. can feel tired because of the weather so you you feel like you have sila yeah sila. so it's like sila is a very i think um how do you spell it it's s-i-l-a sila yeah okay. and i think um i think that's one of the beautiful things about yeah. our traditional way of or our traditional belief systems. 
Great. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And I think a lot of people will find that relatively easy to say. It's not a phrase, but it's just like... No, a, no, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, a word or phrase. Mm-hmm. So okay, okay, cool. it fits in the category mm-hmm. perfectly. Great. great. <laughs> I loved this conversation. It was mm. so insightful and helpful. And I'm mm. deeply appreciative for you to share about the work you're doing. Mm-hmm. If there's anywhere people can find you, if they're interested in following along. Uh, yeah, definitely on Instagram or... Mm-hmm. Twitter. Okay. I'm very political on Twitter, okay. you know, I but I don't have, use it so much. Yeah. But I'm an Instagrammer. Yeah, I will use. I will put links in the show notes so cool. that people can connect with you if they have questions or just want to follow along and see yeah. all the things you're talking about on Instagram and Twitter. Great. And thank you so so much. I also want to say thank you so much for having me and giving me this platform for sharing my knowledge. It was my thank pleasure you. and honor. Oh, yeah, no. Bye.